0: After all, if your husband was a private detective, would you let him take a case involving a sensational blonde divorcee?
1: The National Broadcasting Company presents The Adventures of the Abbotts, Starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as Pat and Jean Abbott, those popular characters of detective fiction created by Francis Crane. Pat and Jean are brought to you each week at this time by NBC. The handsome young detective and his lovely wife invite you to join them for another exciting recorded adventure in romance and crime. Now here is Jean Abbott to set the stage for tonight's puzzle in murder. A story she calls The Yellow Chip.
0: Espionage is not usually my Pat's cup of tea. He stays in the area of crimes of passion, swindling, and other forms of human hijinks. So he didn't expect this visit one bright morning at his office in San Francisco. A distinguished-looking chap in a pinstripe suit sat opposite Pat's desk. He'd obviously waited until Pat was alone, very much
1: alone. Would you mind locking your door, Mr. Abbott? Oh, not at all. It's a gambit that's been played in this office before. You can also stop looking around. There's no tap. Nothing's recorded secretly in here. The walls are soundproof, too. Now, what's your name and what's the pitch? I'm Lieutenant Colonel Richards, Mr. Abbott. Yes, Colonel? I'm in counterintelligence. My credentials?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What can I do for you, Colonel? Colonel? We keep a dossier on every private detective in the country, Mr. Abbott. Well, I should hope so, sir. Yours is very impressive. Thank you. You were of great help to us during the war. What's on your mind now, Colonel? In spite of the dossier, we've again run a field check on you for the past few months. Mm-hmm. Did I make out all right? Perfectly. The reason for the precaution is that we're obliged to ask your help again... on an extremely confidential matter. Oh, what is it? It has top priority in Washington... It's the only subject on which every development goes directly to the President's desk. It's... Yes? Our vulnerability to atomic bombing. I must remind you, Mr. Abbott, that you've been chosen for this... because we believe your loyalty is absolutely beyond question. I understand. I'm also required to inform you that from here on, if you allow me to continue... you are subject to the federal laws on giving aid and comfort to the enemy. In other words... If you pass on the information I'm going to reveal, you are committing an act of treason against the United States government. Is that clear? Go ahead, sir. After the Norwegian underground blew up the Nazi heavy water plant at Vemork in 1942, the Germans redoubled their efforts to produce atomic weapons. They'd captured a Dutch scientist in Amsterdam. They persuaded him to work in their laboratories. On what grounds? They told him they wanted a radioactive missile to make pinpoint bombing even more accurate. The idea was to drop very small radioactive substances on the target, and then by using Geiger counter apparatus on the bombing planes, the bombs could be guided with amazing precision. Uh, that way, they said, only military installations would be hit, and the innocent civilians would never suffer. And he fell for it? Temporarily. He was a naive, trusting chap. He worked on the problem just long enough to develop a valuable formula. What did the Nazis really want with the formula? They wanted a reliable way to launch directional rockets... to bomb our stockpiles. Did they get it? No. The Dutchman realized what they were up to... and sneaked the formula out of Nazi territory. And where is it now? In the wrong hands. I don't believe that I have to tell you... that there are plenty of foreign agents around... Many of them have fantastic plans. A group of them has that formula. Well, uh, can't your men find it? No. That's why I've come to you. We don't dare let them try. This is a brilliant group of men we're dealing with, Mr. Abbott. They happen to know the personal identity of every single one of my agents. I see. I, uh, I had one agent I didn't think they knew about... He tracked the formula to Nevada, to Las Vegas. He was on the phone with me last night. Someone murdered him while he was speaking to me. Now, we need someone who isn't with the department. Did he get any information to you before he died? Not a thing. My telephone number is Elliot 34540. Uh, don't write it down anywhere, memorize it. Elliot 34540. That's right. You'll call that number only when you're at a coin telephone. There mustn't be any record of it from, uh, say, a hotel room phone. Yes, certainly. Now, uh, here's your ticket on the 825 plane to Las Vegas. And a reservation has been made for you at the Silver Dollar Hotel. You have unlimited funds. We traced the fatal telephone call, of course. It came from a gambling spot called the Paradise. And I'm afraid that's all we know. You'll have to take over from there you carry no identification or weapons. Your wife, who I know always goes along on cases with you, has not been cleared. We preferred you do this alone, so we didn't initiate a security check on her. Can you uh, leave your present cases and fly tonight? Well, of course, sir. It was an obvious priority for a matter of this sort. Fine. You're not to communicate with Washington nor with any government agency anywhere. You must function entirely on your own. Don't forget my phone. Your life may depend on it. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Just turn the lock. Good night, sir. Good night, Mr. Abbott. Elliot 3 4540. Elliot 3 (laughs) 4540.
0: quiet day, darling. Well, sit down. I'll get you a drink. Uh, No,
1: thanks, Jean. I'm leaving.
0: Oh, wonderful. We're off in a juicy case. Where are we going?
1: For the very first time, dear, you're staying. I'm going.
0: Oh, stop teasing. What's this about?
1: Government matter.
0: I said stop teasing.
1: Oh, government matter.
0: Somebody steal Ike's golf clubs.
1: Those two words are all you're going to hear. In fact, if I didn't trust you implicitly, I wouldn't even have said that. I'd have just disappeared for a while, and don't repeat what I said either to anybody.
0: Well this sounds like double talk, Pat. I'll bet you've a case involving the chorus line at the Copa, and you think dragging your wife along will cramp your style.
1: I wish it were just that.
0: You won't tell me a thing.
1: Nothing. You'll hear from me when it's over. The nature of this problem is such that you is out of it, dear. Sorry.
0: Well, don't get too brave, Pat. I want you back.
1: When my plane reached Las Vegas, I checked into the Silver Dollar Hotel. Then I headed for the gambling spot, the Paradise. The second rate, jukeboxes, slot machines, cowboys, the usual thrill-seeking divorcees in ermine capes. I was at the bar. The most terrific blonde I'd ever seen came over to me. I tried to remember that I had a wife, but my memory kept failing me.
3: board too. Uh-huh. My name's Rita. Mrs. Henry Chapman until a few hours ago when the judge did me the usual favor.
1: Oh, mine is Pat's Pat Abbott. You should be celebrating, shouldn't
3: you? Well, I did, but I've sobered up.
1: Was he the oil well Henry Chapman?
3: Yes, the distinguished industrialist who at this moment is probably out cold under a table in one of the better 100. Dallas nightclubs. <laughs> Life is pretty gay for Henry. I'm having uh, not much fun, Pat.
1: Well, it goes for me, too.
3: Maybe this isn't our kind of excitement.
1: Maybe. What
3: are you doing in Las Vegas?
1: Losing money. What else is there to do?
3: <laughs> are you kidding? I've got my car outside, Pat. It's a special job. It does 110. You want to take the top down? It's a beautiful night. You want to take the wheel and play roller coaster on those uh, mountain roads?
1: Uh, thanks. No, I wouldn't be up to it. Huh? Evening, Rita.
3: Hello, Mr. Grimes.
1: You and your gentleman friend don't look like you're enjoying yourselves very much.
3: We're not. Pat Abbott, Phil Grimes.
1: Hello. Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, <clears throat> I think I could suggest something that'd send your blood pressure up. We're starting a game upstairs. Care to join us?
3: <laughs> Phil plays rough, Pat. You got some money? Enough. Enough for one of Phil's games. A very fancy number.
1: Sounds interesting. I, uh,. I get very unpleasant with guys who don't pay off, Abbott. So do I. Let's go upstairs. The room upstairs wasn't the usual room at all. It was the most luxurious private gambling room I've ever seen. Elaborate gold decanters for liquor. Pure ivory lamp bases. Hand painted wallpaper that made the room look very smart. And a knockout view of the Nevada desert in the moonlight from huge picture windows. We played five card stud table stakes for very fancy numbers indeed. Some of Phil's henchmen kept watching us. I knew something was wrong after just a few hands. Phil and Rita were playing as though they wanted to lose. After about an hour, Phil had dealt a hand. He dropped out. I was playing against Rita. I had four diamonds. She had two aces showing. I figured the coal card was an ace. I pushed my stake in. It was heavy. Nice pot, seven thousand dollars. If you're seeing me, Rita, you're short a thousand on the table.
3: <laughs> yes, so I am. I haven't any more yellow chips. You want me to uh, write a check?
1: I'll trust you Till the hand is over. Don't worry about it, Abbott. She's good for it. I've known Rita a long time.
3: Wait a minute. I have an idea. Where's my pocketbook? Right here. Oh, see if I can find it. Ah, there it is. My lucky gold chip. Always carry it with me. I'll put that in. It works miracles for me. Never fails.
1: Where'd you get that chip?
3: Oh, I don't know. I picked it up in a game somewhere. But it's lucky as a rabbit's foot for me.
1: You sure you don't remember where you got it?
3: No. Why?
1: Nothing. Let's see that other card, Rita.
3: It's an ace. I've got three aces.
1: Sounds good. How about you, Pat? Diamond flush. Chip wasn't lucky for you tonight, Rita. The charm's all gone. Well, do we go on? Not me. I know when to quit. This isn't my night. Rita?
3: I've had enough, Pat.
1: This gold chip is very pretty. Never saw one so heavy. What's the design mean?
3: Well, I haven't this lighted idea. Uh, let me
1: see it. Oh. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I'll, uh, I'll buy it from you, Abbott. No, oh, I think I'll keep it. It was pretty lucky for me. I'd like to have that chip, Abbott. Now, worth a thousand. I'll give you fifteen hundred. <laughs> uh, don't be superstitious. You only want it because you think it'll win some games for you. Look what it did to Rita. Two thousand? No sale. I want that chip, Abbott. I made you a legitimate offer for it. I'd advise you to take it. Because one way or another, you're not walking out of here with it. Oh, really? Get out of here, Rita. This isn't going to be very pretty. I'm still asking you politely, Abbott. Give me the chip. Why don't you try to take it? All right, Abbott. I, I will. <laughs> Put down that bottle, Phil.
2: <laughs> you me. Crummy...
1: Hey! The lights! He killed the lights! Turn him on! The, the door! Where's the, where's the this door? This way, Pat. Toward to me. Can you see me? Yes, I, I see it. Get the arm. Get him, will you?
2: Take me with you. Pat, take me get with you. Get the devil out of my way! Louis! Vince! Get him! Get after him!
1: I was groggy. But I made it downstairs, not the back way. The fresh air revived me. Some poor guy was just starting his car. Grabbed him by the neck and threw him out. And I took the wheel. (coughs) I stepped it up to 50. 60. 70. 75. Then in the reflector mirror, I saw them coming. I had the accelerator on the floor now car just wouldn't do any better. And they were gaining. They came closer and closer. They were so close, their headlights were picked up in my mirror and almost blinded me. I made out a small group of buildings just ahead. There was a gas station and a large general store with a very large glass show window. There was a dirt road, a cut off, running to the left of the station. I decided to cut suddenly, as sharply as I could, to the left. Take the chance the heavy car wouldn't turn over. And it worked. They braked, swerved, and their car with three men in it headed for the sidewalk out of control toward the gigantic show window. I didn't climb out of my car. I didn't return to the main road, nor did I go near the wreck. It was just possible that one of Phil's boys had enough life left in him to pull a gun and finish me off. I knew Phil wanted that ship very badly. Now it had cost him three men. I also knew that wouldn't stop him. I decided to have a little chat with the one person who probably knew most about the ship. That was Rita. She'd give me her address. It was a... Vacation cottage near the hotel. It was 3.30 in the morning when I rang her bell.
3: Yes? Who is it?
1: Pat, open up.
3: Oh, Pat, it's good to see you. Come on in. I'll uh, turn on the light. Or, or shouldn't I?
1: Oh, turn it on, Read in.
3: I've uh, tried to sleep, but I couldn't. I'm so glad you've come back. Are you all right?
1: A little shaken, but I'll be okay. What
3: happened? Where did you go?
1: We were playing hide-and-seek on the highway. Where's Phil?
3: Oh, I don't know.
1: Did he get into the car that followed me?
3: No. He likes himself too much. Never takes chances. Where is he now? I don't know.
1: This wouldn't be more malarkey, would it, Rita? No,
3: I'm not a liar, Pat. They've called me other things, but not a phony.
1: Three men are dead on the desert highway. Too late in the ball game to get fancy. Now where is Phil?
3: I said I don't know and I don't care. I don't want to be mixed up in this, Pat. You men can play all the little games you want, but leave me out of it. Now suppose you tell the truth too. What do you mean? Are you really looking for him, or was this an excuse?
1: An excuse for what?
3: Oh, to come knocking on a girl's cabana door at three thirty in the morning.
1: Rita, I'm a married man.
3: But your wife isn't with you here in Vegas. Well, what of it? I know a Frenchman who said bringing your wife to Paris. Is like bringing a sandwich to a banquet. Sit down, Pat. Can I make you a drink? Uh, Thanks, no. (laughs) Fine thing. A man comes to a girl's room with a clear view of the Nevada desert at night. And the girl isn't exactly unattractive. Or uh, is she?
1: Quite the contrary.
3: But he won't sit down. He won't drink. He paces up and down like a caged tiger. I
1: have questions on my mind. So
3: have I. Those big shoulders of yours, Pat. You play football in college? Now,
1: look, look, Rita. We'll get to my autobiography some other time. Now, try to remember. Where did you get this yellow chip?
3: I really don't remember. Now, how long have you been married?
1: What does the chip mean? Why does Phil want it?
3: Were you this difficult with your wife, too?
1: What's all the shooting for about this chip?
3: I have a wonderful record collection, Pat. You want to hear some?
1: <laughs> you don't give up easily, do you?
3: It depends on what you're talking about. I don't know anything about the chip, if that's what you mean. And I know how they operate around here. You keep asking quiz questions and they'll kill you. They'd kill me if they thought I was doing too much talking, so let's drop the subject, hmm? You like my, uh, cabana, Pat? I had it specially decorated for my stay here. This is
1: very exotic decor, Rita. Now get away from me. Neither you nor anybody else is going to con me off this job. I
3: don't even know what your job is, Pat.
1: Well, suppose we try again. What do you know about this chip? I can't tell you. Please, Pat.
3: Phil probably has all the hoods for miles around outgunning for you now. Be sensible. Shut up. And relax. Come over here by the window. Do you know you can see almost a hundred miles across the desert from here? Look at those stars, Pat. Don't they put you in a better mood? A mood
1: for... (laughs) You've got a one-track mind, Rita.
3: (laughs) Do you really object to it?
1: Well, I... Look, all I'm asking you to do is tell me where you got that yellow chip. And I'm sure you could recall if you'd try.
3: All right, Pat. I'll tell you. I'll tell you whatever you want if you promise to stop talking about it and think about me instead. I want you, Pat Abbott, very badly. I'd rather tell you what I know so we can get on to something more interesting.
1: All right. Go on, Rita. Tell me about the chip. The chip. A shot came through a window that opened onto the porch. Rita fell, and I raced outside but couldn't see her soul. When I came back to her, all I could do was phone anonymously for a doctor and check out fast. I went back to my room at the hotel and picked up a gun against instructions. Then I headed for the paradise. It did no good. It seemed nobody had ever heard of Phil. I kept search up for about half an hour. Then I decided to make a phone call... From a coin phone. Operator, I want Elliot three four five four oh. That's right, Elliot three four five four oh. Hello, Colonel Richards. Yes, this is Pat Abbott, sir. Sorry to disturb you at this hour. You got something for us, Abbott? I think so. Can you come to my room at the hotel immediately? If you're absolutely certain... I am, sir. I want to show you something. You'll have to see it personally. I'll be there in 30 minutes. Right, see you in 30 minutes. If I can stay alive that long. I went back to my room. I pulled down the shades. I barricaded the door. And I sweated it out. Waiting for Colonel Richards. It was exactly 30 minutes after my phone call. Who is it? Richard. Ah, Hello, Colonel. What have you got, Abbott? This chip, this gold chip. I'm going to see it. There's a big shot gambler here. His name is Phil Grimes. He has a whole gang of hoodlums working for him. He wanted to kill me to get that chip. It originally came from a blonde named Rita, a former Mrs. Henry Chapman. One of Grimes' boys just took a shot at her. Fascinating design. Yes, does that design mean anything to you? Does it tie up with that Dutch scientist's formula? We'll we'll have to have a nuclear physicist look at it. But I think you've done it, Abbott. I think this is it. And I'm so grateful to you, I... Yes. I want to give you... This (laughs) No! When I came to... After Colonel Richards planted one on my jaw, I was tied up. The Colonel and Phil Grimes were both sitting opposite me. And both of them had a very pleased, triumphant expression. You were very helpful to me, Abbott. Was I? Yes. A group of us have been after that chip for a long, long time. I couldn't move into the picture. My identity is too unknown. Well so I, I thought of the device of impersonating a federal agent and getting the best detective in the West to fetch it for me. Thanks for the compliments. I just couldn't wait to get my hands on you, Abbott. Oh. I told Richards not to kill you right away. I tied you up. I'm going to have quite a party for myself slapping you around. <laughs> the design on the chip, of course, is meaningless, Abbott. The uh, trick with the chip is to split it open. The formula's inside. I open it. This way... Oh, it's a... Isn't that in there? No. It's empty. All right, Abbott, come on. You found a micro-photograph in this chip? Give it to me. I never opened the chip. Ever see a man tortured, Abbott? Give me the formula. I told you I haven't got it. Phil, give me that knife on the table. Here. Do we get that micro, Abbott? Put your hand out, Abbott. Put your hand out or I'll cut your throat. That's better. Now, this cigarette. Where's the micro? I haven't got it. We're losing time, Richards. Yeah, so we are. All right, Abbott. This knife has a good sharp edge. I'm going to put it close to your throat, like this. And for the last time, I'm going to ask you to produce that micro. Well, how about it? What are you waiting for, Phil? Let's do it now. Okay, Pat. I'll get his gun. I've got it, Pat. All right, come on, stand up, Richards. What the devil? What are you up to, Grimes? I thought. Yes, you thought I was one of the boys here in Vegas. I know. You should have too. I spent more than a year building up that role for myself and playing it. But the time's come to tell the truth and clean up this mess. You all right, Pat? Yes, thanks. I'm all right. I don't get it. Don't... I'm not Phil Grimes, Richards. I'm Major Philip Lewis of Counterintelligence, assigned to track down the men pursuing the yellow chip. Been working on it for two years, most of it here in Las Vegas. You're under arrest. Well, how did Abbott... Richard, your impersonation of an intelligence agent was very unconvincing. I knew at the start you were a phony, but I deliberately played ball with you. Intelligence would never call me on a job like this, certainly not the way you did. How did you know, Grimes? On my side, because he said he tied me up. It was a very bad job of tying anyone up tipped me off immediately so I stalled to see how much talking you'd do let's go Richards I'm taking you in my custody to Washington on the first plane we can get
0: Las Vegas huh dear a gorgeous blonde hmm dear
1: Jean you asked me what happened didn't you Phil Grimes gave me permission to tell you all about it now. I'm telling you the facts.
0: Oh, where was the microfilm? It wasn't in the yellow chip. No,
1: it never was. Western intelligence got hold of it years ago, right after the war. Then they circulated the empty chip purposely to see who it would attract.
0: Very clever. And the fish were biting, but good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pat, didn't Grimes recognize you when you first came into the Paradise Club? Yes, of course.
1: He's seen a dossier on me many times. But he couldn't do anything about it. He was supposed to be one of the rats after that ship. He didn't even dare start things going. He had Rita do it. Poor kid. He couldn't get to her fast enough to keep her from being shot. But I hear she'll pull through. Grimes even turned out the lights when that scrap started. I didn't. I never knew who did till I said goodbye to Grimes at the airport in Vegas.
0: Uh Ah. I, um, I'll never get to meet this counterintelligence agent, Grimes. hmm? Oh, it's
1: out of the question.
0: I'll, um, never see anybody connected with the case.
1: Now, Jean, what are you driving at? You mean you don't believe a word of this?
0: Pat Abbott, did you ever hear of a better gimmick for a husband with a roving eye than to go romping off to Las Vegas, have himself a ball, and then come back with
1: a story like that? Well, darling, it's true. Do you think I got into a $7,000 card game with my little special checking account and my little pen? Do you Why think can't I...
0: I meet Grimes? Where's the blonde?
1: Who or what have you
0: got to uh, substantiate this? Well, I, uh...
1: Uh, Sorry,
2: Sorry, darling, darling. it's It's military military information.
0: information. Mm. See what I mean? That's the end of the fairy tale for tonight, kiddies.
1: The National Broadcasting Company has presented The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon, as those popular personalities of detective fiction, Pat and Gene Abbott, created by Francis Crane. The cast included Everett Sloan, Jan Minor, and William Johnstone. The Adventures of the Abbott's was written by Howard Merrill, produced by Ted Lloyd and Bernard L. Schubert, directed and recorded by Harry Frazee. Next week, same time, same station, another exciting adventure in crime with Pat and Gene in The Adventures of the Abbots. This is Wayne Howell speaking. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.